This is Zips Unlimited, a show about the University of Akron, its programs, its people, and its community. Zips Unlimited is produced by WZIP-FM. Hello and welcome to another episode of Zips Unlimited. My name is Chris Kepler. I'm the general manager at WZIP. Today joining me is Alyssa Hines. She is the campus advocate for, it's called Hope and Healing, actually, isn't it? Yes. I think we used to just refer to the Rape Crisis Center. Yeah. And it is, but it actually has yeah, so we a have that mission, I think. Yeah, we have that umbrella term for Hope and Healing is the Rape Crisis Center and Battered Women's Shelter in Summit in Medina County. Very good. Alyssa happens to be a graduate of the University of Akron and now um, employed by Hope and Healing, but on campus because we do have um, a, you know, a location on campus over the Student Rec Center. Um, and what we're really here to talk about is um, some things going on uh, through the through Hope and Healing and, and maybe educate people a little bit about, about sexual assault since it is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. We want to find out, you know, really what that means. And, and I think maybe more importantly or equally importantly to having the awareness is what, what should we be doing? What should people, someone like me, you know, what should I know? What should I be doing that maybe I'm not doing already? Mm-hmm. But to start... Um, you know, sexual assault, that, there, there's probably kind of a common connotation when, when you hear that, that word, but I think it's probably really broader than what some people realize. Is that, is that true? Absolutely. You know, sexual assault can cover a variety of, um, different non-consensual acts, um, we think of a certain person when we think of survivors of sexual assault, but really it can cover um, a wide variety of individuals from men, women, non-binary people, kids, adults, um, older older folks. So sexual assault affects all of us, really. Um, it happens that we have RAIN statistics that one in six women will be a victim of a sexual assault or a rape, and that goes for about one in 33 men as well. So the scope of the problem is pretty huge, so it affects all of us. Wow. Um, one in six women, and that's over the course of a lifetime? Yeah. Or? Yeah, that's in, over the course of a lifetime and in America. Hmm. And, you know, you said one in 33 men, and I'm, I'm aware that men can be victims of sexual assault. I, I guess if you would have asked me to, to guess at a statistic, I would have guessed it to be like fewer men mm-hmm. than one in 33. That seems like a pretty, obviously a lot smaller of a number than the number of women, but still a significant. Yeah. And we even estimate that it's more men than one in 33 because we have such a low reporting rate for male victims of sexual assault. So we estimate that it's even more than one in three, 33 men um, and probably even more than one in six women as well. Do you, you know, based on whatever, you know, your, your research, your just through, you know, working in, in the capacity that you do, is that getting better? I mean, as far as reporting, do, do you think that we're attaching less stigma to it and, you know, being more, um, I guess, encouraging in the right ways so that people do report? I think that our our generation especially has come a long way as far as our response to sexual assault and the way that we treat survivors. Um, so one of the main barriers for people coming forward and reporting their sexual assault is, you know, how are people going to respond? Are they going to blame me? Are they going to, you know, make this something that's my fault? Um, and our, our, especially our, our community on campus is really really great about being open to survivors. We've, you know, had some events where we've done messages to survivors, sending supportive messages. Um, 
And we have a lot of people, especially on campus, who who want to support survivors and want to find ways to um, make sure that their voices are being heard. So we have come a long way, and the stigma is, you know, slowly fading, but we do still have, you know, a lot of people out there who are um, not believing survivors when they come forward, um, who have just ideas in their head that, you know, someone did this um, for a reason, and maybe it was because of what they were wearing. Maybe it was because they had too much to drink. Um, we still have those ideas in in our culture, but um, I think the younger generations are coming through with a lot more support for survivors. And, we, and let's back up for a second, too. When you say that, you know, there's a belief that maybe somebody did something for a reason, that doesn't mean that it's in any way acceptable. Right. Even if, if you are, you know, the kind of person who, you know, would engage in something like that, you don't ever really have... In your head, you might think you have a reason, but you really don't, right? <laughs> right. So we always we we always say, you know, it's always the perpetrators. Um, it's always the perpetrators' fault. It's never the victim's fault. They made that choice. They took away the choice from someone else. Um, so the accountability can only lie with that perpetrator. And there's, you know, never never a reason to sexually assault someone. Um, never a reason to take that consent away from someone else so yeah it, it does get sticky sometimes doesn't it i mean we're looking at the situation with the cleveland browns which is just yeah. you know ongoing in the news particularly in social media um where we have a situation where more than 20 women are making similar claims no criminal charges mm-hmm. you know and then i think that it almost feeds you know the, the fire that's the opposite of what you were just describing yeah. You know, where, where there are a lot of people saying, um, no, he's, you know, he's a bad guy. And then other people are saying, well, you know, two grand juries say he didn't commit a crime. Mm-hmm. So, and it makes it, it makes it difficult, probably makes it more difficult for, for people who, you know, um, are maybe thinking about reporting something mm-hmm. or might be reporting something in the near future that happened to them and they might just think, why bother? Yeah, and what we see is people form their opinions based on convenience. So if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, you might form the opinion that, you know, this guy isn't responsible because he hasn't been found guilty. Um, And, you know, he hasn't, but we always say, you know, the first step is believing survivors to allow people to come forward because there's, you know, there's so many negative implications of reporting a rape or a sexual assault. Um, And, you know, most survivors are never going to see a positive implication from reporting their assault. Um, So we always say start by believing, you know, that's the Summit County Prosecutors um, campaign is to start by believing. Um, And that's, you know, what we say for all of our, for all of our supporters is the first thing that you can do to support a survivor is to just believe them and say, you know, um, I'm here for you and I believe you that and I'm sorry that this happened to you. Do they eventually, most of them find, uh, I don't, I guess I don't want to say a positive, but at least a resolution to the whole thing. Yeah. So our, our whole thing is about finding that healing journey for each person. And it looks different for everybody because, you know, 
um, a good number of our survivors are not going to find justice in the criminal justice process. Um, so it's important to find other avenues of healing. Um, and that's why we offer free therapy and support groups to our survivors um, of sexual assault, of intimate partner violence. Anybody who's experiencing those things can get free therapy and, you know, start working on on all of the all of the negative implications that have come from their assault um, and start that healing journey. Sometimes they find it by speaking to other people who have healed. Sometimes they find it by just finding acceptance and forgiveness in themselves. Um, but it's different for everybody. And sometimes, you know, people never meet that, that healing goal that they have. Um, but we always encourage people to you know, find their find their own journey um, when it comes to healing. We're going to give um, you know one or two different phone numbers in in a few minutes. So for people who need to you know, grab something to write that down or get their phone ready to save in their phone or whatever, um, you know, just just kind of a little heads up. We'll be we'll be offering that information before we before we close this out. Um, you told me off mic before we started that you know there's a reason that we have um, you know one part of hope and healing on a college campus because college students are. I don't know if you said most likely or maybe more likely to be victimized, become become victims, or I guess I should say survivors of sexual assault yeah. than some other parts of the population. Did I understand that correctly? Yeah. So um, people, especially women ages 18 to 24, which is the population we find most on campus, are going to be the most likely to experience a sexual assault. Um, so it's very important that students on our campus recognize this problem and are getting the education that they need to prevent the problem on campus as well. So I go into classrooms and I do presentations about consent, about healthy relationships, about um, power and control tactics that they might see in a relationship. Um, and I try to provide this prevention education because we have to we have to meet it at the source, and the source is going to be those students who are either going to experience it themselves or meet somebody who's experienced it. You know, I, I know you just said that um, we need to recognize that a victim is just that and not somebody that we should be blaming, but you also said there are ways that we can prevent. So I, mm -hmm. I want to make sure listeners understand um, those are two different things. Yeah. Um, it, it's not to say that if, if you successfully do everything you can do to, to be safe, as safe as you can, it, it could fail. Mm -hmm. um, on the other hand, if, if you don't take some of those measures, it does not mean that you, you know, quote unquote, asked for it. Is that fair? Right, exactly. You know, we can, we can take all of these measures to protect ourselves. Um, but even if we didn't take any of those measures to protect ourselves, that's still not, um, that's still not saying that we're asking for it or that um, we deserve to be assaulted. You know, if it's if it's not one person, it may be the next. Um, so while we encourage everybody to take safety measures to protect themselves and to protect each other, um, we still recognize that that accountability always lies with the per perpetrator. Mm -hmm. um, let's, let's run down some of the tips maybe in just a couple of minutes, but I, I don't want to forget that you do, we have it like, a, I think, an ongoing... Uh, donation drive that's going on right now. Yeah, so the Sexual um, Assault and Violence Education Team is hosting a donation drive where we are collecting um, self-care items like fidget toys, journals. Um, we're collecting 
um, new clothing, socks, um, school supplies, office supplies, those kinds of things. So you can find donation boxes outside the office in the rec center, in the student union at the Zip Assist office, and in the student union at the dean of students office. So those boxes are available all the time to put donations in. You can also find our Amazon wish list um, and our donation information available at hopeandhealingresources.org. Is Hope and Healing um, fully funded through donations, or do you get some other kind of government money or, or yeah. offer grants? So we have uh, VOCA funding, the Violence um, Violence of Crime Act funding from the government, and then we apply for grants um, to fund our other our other services. Um, and then we hold donation drives all the time. We are recently doing a donation or a fundraiser with a tattoo company in Akron called Black Amethyst Tattoos. Um, And they're doing a flash sheet for us to be able to um, provide donations to the Hope and Healing Rape Crisis Center um, from the proceeds of that flash sheet. Very good. So if people, you know, for whatever reason, can't participate in some of those things, but they could always... You know, check the Amazon wish list mm-hmm. or, or even maybe give a call or go to the website. And, you know, if somebody did want to make some kind of donation, you know, that would be welcome. Yeah. So donations of money, donations of items on our wish list and donations of time are always welcome. We have great volunteer opportunities for people in the community to either be able to work with survivors or be able to do outreach activities in the community. And you can find information about all of those things on our website, hopeandhealingresources.org. All right. Let's remind our listeners, this is Zips Unlimited, 88.1 WZIP-FM. My name is Chris Kepler. I'm joined by Alyssa Hines from Hope and Healing. She's a campus advocate here at the University of Akron, and we're talking about Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Um, just uh, heard about some of the um, fundraising activities, donations that can be made, that sort of thing. And we were talking a few minutes ago about the fact that um, you know college students, particularly college women or college traditional college age women, are you know more likely statistically um, to be victimized in in this way, victims of sexual assault. What are you mentioned that there are you know prevention techniques that people should be looking for? And I know you don't have time to run down everything. It would probably take you know, a couple of hours, but, <laughs> you know, what are some basic things that you try to teach, um, first of all, young women, and then also young men about things that mm-hmm. they should know? Yeah, so for everybody, especially this college generation right now, um, we're seeing a lot of people doing online dating, Tinder, um, Bumble, all of those things. Um, so I see a lot of survivors who come through um and have been victimized through those dating apps, not because of the dating apps, but just because they met somebody on that dating app who was, you know, bad news. Um, So I encourage you, if you're meeting someone on a dating app, share your location, um, meet in a public place for the first time, um, and, you know, don't disclose a lot of uh, sensitive information about yourself that they could use to find you later. Um, All of those things when you're on an online dating in any sort. Um, also, drug-facilitated sexual assault is a very common um, way or tactic that perpetrators use. So drug-facilitated sexual assault isn't just putting drugs in someone's drink. That also means supplying them with alcohol, um, buying them shot after shot, those things. That's um, a very common way that we find survivors um, coming through our doors because they've been victimized through drug-facilitated sexual assault. So if you're 
at a bar, um, drink responsibly, you know, legally in Ohio, you cannot consent to having sexual activity after you've been drinking. So that goes for your partner as well. If your partner has been drinking, you know, don't engage in sex acts with them um, because you you don't want to end up, um, you know, doing something drunk that you might not have done sober. Mm-hmm. We definitely don't want sex to be one of those things. Yeah, you know, even, even if it's not a sexual assault, um, you don't want to have regrets. Yeah. You know, and you want to feel good about yourself. Um, it, I can see that scenario you're just describing where somebody's buying buying shots and on the surface it might be interpreted as, oh, we're just having a good time mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm willing to buy all these shots for you and, you know, that sort of thing. And really, you know, they might have an ulterior motive. Yeah, definitely. One more, one more reason, you know, whenever you can, I, I realize this might not be the case so much on a date, um, but for a group of people, you know, we talk about having designated drivers for mm-hmm. driving purposes, but having a designated sober person, mm-hmm. you know, one of your friends can kind of watch and just make sure, you know, that, that things look like they're okay yeah. as best they can. Yeah, be there for each other. We are a community. If you go out with a friend, go home with that friend. Make sure that they're coming home with you too. Um, looking out for each other is just as important as looking out for yourself. So, Do you think that, that you know, college age... Um, males are, I don't know, more aware than maybe they once were? Do you think they are a little bit more sensitive to some of the things that you're talking about and, you know, would would gladly raise their hand and say, yes, I would never do that. I would absolutely, you know, not try to engage in sexual activity with a person who's been drinking or, or whatever. Or do they just, too many of them just get caught up and kind of abandon all of that? Yeah, so that's the hope. I mean, I've I've experienced a lot of, you know, young men who are more afraid than anything, afraid that they're going to end up in a situation um, where they're being accused of a sexual assault. And so while we would rather have them, you know, recognizing, you know, what what true consent and informed consent would be, um, we often see that they're they're more conscious because they are afraid of being um, being accused later. Um, so right decision, wrong reasons. Maybe. Right, and that and we have so many male supporters as well. So I don't want to you yeah. know alienate anybody. I guess that's really the question: Is that population growing? The number of men, regardless Absolutely. of age, who are behind all the things that you're saying and not kind of rolling their eyes and. Absolutely. You know, making, thinking they're exempt from it. I do. I do tabling events, you know, every week in the student union, and I have, you know, young men coming up to me saying, you know, this is so important, and I'm glad that you're on campus with us. Um, it, you know, let me know how I can get involved. We do have young men coming up to the tables saying those things. Um, so the population of male supporters is growing. We do have so much support from that population. Um, it just, you know, could always be more, you know? Sure, sure. Okay, so we need to watch with, um, if, we're, if we're drinking, we need to understand consent. Um, what are some other things that you think that people, you know, maybe, maybe are not fully aware of that would, you know, offer some protection? We also think of this idea that um, rape is committed by a stranger, and that's just not true. We know that 8 out of 10 rape survivors know their perpetrator. So that means this perpetrator could have been a community member, someone in their family, someone in their church, um, someone at their doctor's office, a teacher, any of those things. So, you know, we have to be careful 
um, just assuming that this is taking place being perpetrated by a stranger. Um, This can happen from somebody that you know, somebody that you trust, somebody that you have a strong relationship with. Um, So, you know, just being wary and knowing that 80% of survivors do know their perpetrator. I wonder if there's a correlation between what you just said and the very high number of people who choose to not report. Oh, absolutely. I I would think that would make it more difficult if you know who the person is. And if if it did happen to be a stranger, that probably makes it a little bit easier Sure. So if I know my perpetrator, that means that I, you know, have some kind of relationship with them. I have a history or past with them. Um, And that relationship isn't, you know, just about the the assault. That relationship could be that, you know, this is my family member. Um, This is somebody I've known my whole life. So there's a there's a lot of background that goes into maybe not reporting an assault. Um, And that's certainly a barrier for a lot of survivors. Okay. Okay, before we forget, too, you have um, another special event coming up that I've heard about. I've heard about this Take Back the Night walk. Can you explain exactly what that is? I don't think I really understand all of it. Yeah. Um, but the walk and when it happens and how we can get involved. Yeah, so Take Back the Night is April 27th. Um, we are hosting a walk with the Coalition Against Sexual Assault, which is a student organization on campus. Um, so Take Back the Night started as a protest um, to advocate for women's safety while walking alone at night. Um, and so we just repeat this walk you know, year after year to show our support for survivors um, and advocate for safety um, for everybody when they're alone or when they're at walking at night. Um, And so this walk is going to be April 27th. Uh, We're going to be meeting behind the student union at 6 o'clock p.m. um, and then walking towards the stadium on Exchange Street and holding a vigil for survivors um, around 7 o'clock. So you can just show up. Do I need to sign up? Do I need to donate or do I just... Nope, you show don't need to. O'clock. You can show up at 6 o'clock at the student union um, behind the Starbucks. Um, you, we are welcoming contributions to Hope and Healing. Um, so we'll have, you know, donation bins there. We'll have QR codes to be able to donate online as well. Um, but if you can't make it, you can also donate online at our website. You know, if people are listening and they, they need some more information um, or maybe they need to report something or they, they have questions about whether they should report something, they need somebody to talk to. How do they get in touch with Hope and Healing? So we have a 24-hour hotline available to survivors for support and resources. Um, They can uh, call that number at 330-434-7273. Again, that's available 24-7. And uh, website? Hopeandhealingresources.org. Zips Unlimited can be heard each Saturday at noon on 88.1 WZIP-FM. Yeah, 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 yeah.